1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the H two P Podcast right here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. We've been talking all things pit football. I've been covering training camp. I have been sweating at training camp. I've been giving you all the coverage. You can read all my coverage at DKPittsburghSports.com. But here today, we are going to take a step back from the training camp and I want to take a big look at college sports and especially college football because we've talked about the NIL rules. We've talked about the college football playoffs. But Now, with you know, you know, we we had the whole SEC coming at the Big 12 and the Big 12 falling apart, and there this week there was the announcement. Of you know the supposed alliance between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. So joining me as a person who has that sort of bird's eye view that, that can I kind of oversee this a little better than someone who's just just spending time asking Pat Narduzzi who his best second def- defensive lineman is. I want to get Candace Cooper from locked from the Locked On ACC podcast. You've heard her here on before. Uh, we've talked we talked some hoops. We talked about NIL laws or policies way back when uh, you know you know months ago. But I wanted to bring Candace back. Candace, how have you been have you been able to enjoy your summer before college football started getting back in the swing
0: hey thanks so much for having me Chris I think this is a great opportunity to yet again be on the stage with you and yeah summer has been nice it's been great to have all of the conversations around my Mount Rushmore picks my who predict season predictions and you know what coach rankings I have ranked everything we can imagine here my favorite position at each one. So I'm good. I think everyone's ready to go. I think all of the hype and build around all these different teams, it's fine. I love, let's play some actual football.
1: Yeah. Right. And, you know, and week zero starts this weekend. So that's, that's cool. But we got a, we got, we got a heavy slate of week one college mm-hmm. football action. There's going to be a lot of really good games, but before any of that gets started, Candace, we got to talk about what's going on with just the formation of conferences and, you know, the NCAA as a whole this year, the past two years, it's like the NCAA has just been dealing with new thing after new thing. You know, one you had the pandemic that just flipped the entire world upside down, but then this year you got the ni the name, image, and likeness policies, which now is posing to shake up. You know, students can get paid from outside sponsors, but people are like, how can you keep this from being even more corrupt than what you already have and in place? Uh, there's those questions there. Then you get um, you know, you you're expanding the college football playoffs that's that's a major contention point for a lot of people but now with uh the sec swiping off two teams from the big 12 everyone was wondering how was that going to play out you know would there be some rivalries renewed from teams like west virginia who you know went to the big 12 but it's like who are they really rivals with over there when they're really close to penn state and Pitt, and Mm -hmm. neither of them play there but now you have a situation where the, the, the commissioners of the big 10 pac 12 and ACC made an official alliance between their conferences but some people you know they see this as like a, oh they're trying to stabilize NCAA, the NCAA uh, you know, as the SEC gets too powerful but Candace, what does this even mean I've never heard of conferences building an alliance it just it sounds like it's just words on a screen that someone's saying to buy themselves time I, I don't I don't get it
0: A hundred percent. And I think it's just one of those situations where it's all lip service, as we saw with USC, Southern California, playing against LSU in Las Vegas next year. It's like, okay, what about this whole alliance? And we just talked Pac-12 joining and making good deals, wheeling and dealing. And it doesn't seem like anybody's wheeling and dealing just yet, but we're still going to honor our contracts. We're still going to do grand of rights and TV and all of that stuff. So what was the point? Was it a sense of just saying like, I know the SEC is about to dominate us even more, but we want you guys to know we're still here. It's one of those gentlemen's agreements that you know every girl knows about a guy with potential it seems nice it seems good but there's not really any security there and you absolutely should not go for it but still you might want to dip your toe because you're just that crazy it's one of those situations (laughs) where i truly just don't understand why they felt the need to do it and also you have Commissioner Phillips, who's been there, what, less than a year. Kevin Warren, who's been there since, what, 2019. And then the new commissioner from the Pac-12. Then they have not been there long enough to even grow their own conference. And now basically it insinuates that your conference isn't good enough to try and grow and make better and compete with the SEC. So I have to be with somebody else. And I think that's the biggest head scratcher. Because I'm like, we're, we're supposed to have faith in you. And we all, you know, Kevin Warren struggled with his conference last season and play or having a season at all and not, you know, having one, all of that back and forth. And then commissioner Phillips basically telling all of ACC basketball country that football is priority. So it's just one of those situations where maybe we should tend to our own grass before we, you know, admire other things and try and grow bigger. We are not, allowing for our own territory to essentially get in place. So it's, it's very much on brand for the confusion of what seems to be college athletics, athletics in general, sports in general. It's just all up in the air and a whole lot of nothing
1: that's what that's what seems like this is just like there's nothing solidified in this like even yeah. if it, when i read the espn article it, you know there's a quote that says one ad said after the meetings were over there is an air of cooperation we don't know what opportunities might come from it what, what is, like how is this, how <laughs> Like okay, I you know, we were but we both been to college. We both right. know like like there's sometimes when you were in student government or you were in a, in like your, your club meeting, and there were sometimes there was those meetings that you didn't need to do because kids did. We, we were college students. We didn't know how to run meetings. Sometimes the point of order wasn't established, and it was just like oh, we just talked about things for like an hour and nothing yeah. ever happened. But yeah. again, college students, athletic <laughs> directors, and people that run college sports that are in a, in a billion dollar industry. It, yeah. just, it seems so bizarre to me that we're sitting here, and it, it, it's like you said, I, it's like they're they're hitting a panic button, but they don't know what the panic button would even do. Like right. they built it, it's just there for appearances that, like, hey, we recognize that this could be a problem, but we don't know what to do about
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about Texas being in the SEC now in Oklahoma, it really. Is just honestly on them to fall further from where they already are. You get lost in the sauce, and they're going to be the number seven, eight, probably ten to twelve team in their own conference. And it's weird. I don't know why you thought you could compete with the Texas A and M's in the world right now with the Alabamas of the world. It's just not happening. And even we've had murmurs about Clemson and Florida State wanting to join the SEC. It's all silly. It's all nonsense. And I think. <laughs> When you take a step back and you say so much, this is about the students and betterment for the students and high competition. It seems odd that you want these kids to travel and do all of these things that are so far out of their realm, just to say you're in a certain conference and compete at blah, blah, blah level. It just doesn't make sense. So at the end of the day, it's all about dollars and cents. It's all about TV deals and all of that stuff. And that's fine, right? But like I wish we would lead more with that than saying that we're trying to do it for the betterment of our students
1: putting on the air yeah that that, that, that you care about these things because first of all first of all we're doing that basketball players wouldn't be taking like basket weaving classes or things like that like <laughs> like they're like, again football players wouldn't be taking these these classes that really don't help them at all in, in the in the in any professional development and that's not everybody but we right. know the, the stories of how that's happened this has all been always about the almighty dollar and I mean, you, you look at this situation and, and you say, this is people like, you don't want to get left out in the cold. You don't want to, um, you, you, you see, you see, oh man, the SEC, they could you know suck up all the TV deals and we might be left in a situation. Where we won't make enough money. You know, we got to protect ourselves. But like, no one knows, has an idea of what, protecting yourself even means in this situation I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you mentioned this earlier before a lot of this is stirring around football but mm-hmm. basketball is there and, and, to, and uh, also to your point you know talking about them not caring about students and travel like West Virginia and, and now again a Pitt guy here West Virginia mm-hmm. they're just like the backyard probably you know Pitt hates West Virginia and vice versa but West Virginia their closest conference opponent in the Big 12 when that was a thing was 900 miles away like, right. like, how is that? A, how you know you can establish rivalries, but how is that a, a, a real conference type of situation here? Like in the Big East, it was the that's why it was the backyard brawl. It was bang bang. You're right across the street. Mm-hmm. You're, you're home in 45 minutes. But you know this, you're, you're traveling to Texas from West Virginia. Yeah. That can't be. That that shouldn't be a. company should be regionally based. But it's never been about region. It's never been about convenience. It's always about. Hey, what TV deal will ink us the most money and get these these administrators who are pulling the strings to make this happen the best
0: deals? A hundred percent. I think that's really why I'm so glad that they finally have the NIL deals in place. I was mm-hmm. at media day talking to you know various players and got an opportunity to ask Kenny Pickett about you know his deal with a restaurant and giving his O line some food. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, pay hey, the big boys. That's that's just going to block and protect you. And you know, being in a very competitive quarterback centric conference this season you're going to need all the help you can get so i love that but more but more than that i love the fact that these players can finally get something out of the deal it seems as if they've just been like oh you get a scholarship thanks for playing but you open doors for walk-ons to get great opportunities and you open doors for not football non-football players to really market themselves and make something out of their college experience so i'm just like okay if you're going to keep screwing us and telling us this is all about, you know, a betterment of athletes and making us better people, blah blah blah, allow us to finally get paid for it, allow us to finally be in spaces that we can, you know, thrive on and off the field, mainly off. So I just, it's, it's silly to me that we're even still talking about wanting this to be for, you know, thorough competition, because we all remember our classics, right? We all remember our great rivalries. And some of that to me is now getting lost. Like, I feel like I'm that, you know, get off my lawn type because <laughs> we're so ready to see certain matchups, but I'm like, Hey, it's okay. If we just have a great Florida state versus Miami game versus I don't want to see Kansas play Clemson. Like, I think that's ridiculous, you know, it's but those are type of things that I just feel like are coming because we all are blowing all this hot air. And I'm like, well, I, I think it would be cool to see a Carolina play in Ohio State, maybe, but it's not something that I'm like dying to get off my bucket list. So it's just all a lot of nonsense being thrown out there that I think eventually will come from nothing. It's kind of like when those soccer teams did that big, you know, mm. mega group that they were trying to form and then it essentially got blown up in its face. I think this is going to be the same thing. It sounds nice, but nothing ever really is gonna come to fruition
1: yeah i agree with you there all this is chaos is uncertain but i do think one thing that is certain is that we are seeing a change in how college sports works and that often means a change in power and how decisions get made moving forward i want to get candace's thoughts on a few more things in that direction as well as her thoughts on pit football before we get college football season started stick with us right here on the h2p podcast Here on the H two P podcast, I'm Chris Carter. Here with Candace of the Locked On ACC podcast, Candace. One thing that you and I, I think agree on is that when you look at college sports and just the power structure, it's always been the, stu- the student athletes have always just been the, the 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 kids that just get ran over. You know, mm-hmm. sure, there's the, there's the kids that go on and have great professional careers, but m- the majority of college athletes, and you were a college athlete, you know, you you go in, you dedicate your life to you know to to studying and being about being about your the, the sports team and producing at a high level and doing team meetings and doing all these other things. You know, it, it, it is all encompassing. And you know some people get scholarships, some people don't get scholarships, but you you come out of it with you know a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, you know, maybe some great experiences, you know, depending on the program you went to, but it's clear that the universities will always win in any agreements made there and now you see the supreme court with the alston ruling saying like hey uh, basically in in one of the opinions was like hey like you're the only industry in the world that makes this much money and doesn't pay the people who make it for you and now you see the nil deals coming 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 as a response to that to try and lessen the blow of what might be coming if someone ever challenged the ncaa on that do you think that there is enough of, 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 of changes coming. You see the college football playoffs. You see this, the, these conferences realigning or whatever's going on here. You see the NIL deals. Do you think that there's a chance that college football, college sports in general, is about to make several changes that kind of change the way how we look at it and maybe the framework of how student athletes can use it to their benefit for their careers and their own lives?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that it's going to turn into like a mini job course. (laughs) Like, I think it's going to have a lot of opportunities to shine. And, you know, as companies and teams and conferences see a marketing, you know, opportunity, I think it's going to grow in the sense of teams or conferences are going to recognize that they have something good in their Olympic athletes or they have something great in their football or basketball programs and have these great storytelling opportunities that we don't, we didn't necessarily get to see on a high level. And even when you talk about, you know, teams and you really hone in on these stories that of course there's one-offs, there's the player tribune type stuff, but maybe we can now allow for these kids to make money in, in, by telling their story in the sense that they can do speaking stuff. And you have the injured player that had to, you know, redshirt or they had to do a hardship and stop playing. Maybe they can now have speaking engagements to talk to other schools, talk to other universities. We've seen You know, with mental health and all of that good stuff, opportunities to grow and share there. So I think there's so many outlets that haven't been tapped into, but will now be great for resource. But the whole scheme of college is just changing because I think there's been so many students who before you know, you could be a journalist and get your school paper job and then go straight into working for the local paper and make money, all of that, you know, right. And that wasn't an opportunity necessarily for your student athletes, but we can now see that the gifts that they have outside of their athletics can really be honed and tuned into. So I'm really proud of the guys and girls that there have been and always have been people who have that opportunity, but or had those abilities, but never the opportunity. But to now see them being able to flourish in that sense allows for people to really kind of get that holistic approach of athletes. When sometimes we only view them as one, you know, thing.
1: No, I agree. Uh, you know, athletes often get lumped into like, oh, they're this or oh, they're that. But you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of student athletes out there that they're not there to, to, to make it big. They're there to use this as a scholarship to, to get through college and to, you know, do something they do enjoy, but also, you know, Hey, it's like, I, I'm trying to get this degree and move on with my life. And, and there's a yeah. lot of people, I'd say there's more people that classify in that direction than the, uh, Oh my gosh, uh, this person's trying to be the first overall draft pick of in the NFL draft, the NBA draft, and they're trying to take their team to win, you know, win in March madness. I, I think that there's a lot more people that fall into that first classification um, but that that's why this whole thing is interesting to me, because I just there's this is a wild, wild west environment. We don't know mm-hmm. where things are going to go. I mean, even the 80s, we were just saying in the last segment, they don't know what what opportunities can even happen with a quote unquote alliance. Um, but maybe that's what college sports needs. Maybe it needs chaos to sort of, you know, you have a chance to reset and maybe some good things come of it. In, right. in the long run so that maybe students get a few more things to come out on their end I'm, I'm no naive fool I'm not saying that all the students are going to have the power and that things are going to work out money still talks and we'll <laughs> run we'll run this thing but maybe there's some things that they're able to win with some of the victories that they've had over the past few months
0: 100% agree with that and I think it's just it's ever evolving and it's really a high time and again, going back to media day when listening to Commissioner Phillips talking about reevaluating the NCAA and its purpose, right? I think for so long, it was this governing body that was supposed to kind of regulate. And now it's like, we have to re-examine why it's here we had to re-examine the landscape of what college you know, athletics looks like because we do have these opportunities. The fact that it took so long for them to get a policy in place with NIL, it's wild, right? And they still don't necessarily have it all regulated nicely because so many states have different policies for themselves. So I think legislation has to get on one accord and we just have to figure out what's the best thing ultimately for the athlete. We've said it you know, for so many years, but not actually implemented it. But now that we have you know, door wide open, <laughs> you know, people can't hide, you know, Mark Emmer can't hide, <laughs> right. He cannot keep, you know, allowing himself to make profit off of the backs of student athletes. I don't even like the term student athletes after learning why it's even there. Cause yeah. that was just like giving that special name. So they don't have to pay you, mm-hmm. but I'm just really would love for the chance to see this kind of grow. And it's built for it's really FUBU, right, for us, by us, but just give the players the opportunity to, like...
1: You just dated both of us because we're, like, (laughs) we're, like, oh, man, everybody used to wear FUBU, but, like, once I said, like, the mid-2000s, it was, like, uh, oh, snap, like, that's not even cool anymore.
0: Right, and people want to make it corny, but I'm saying I think we got to get back to a place where, like, you have ownership. You get Mm -hmm. to have your name out there, and you go and give me some money for that. There's just so... It kind of sucks for the people who did not get to you know, capitalize on that opportunity, and even now, you don't kind of right the wrongs that you had in the past, and maybe we will get there, and we will evolve to that, because I still think, I mean, damn, give Reggie Bush's Heisman back, you know, those Mm -hmm. kind of stories that Mm -hmm. we hear all the time, the major ones, like, of course, there's going to be the one-offs, I got gas, and I got suspended, blah, 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 someone paid for my dinner, and blah, 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 but I think, you know, we definitely have to kind of right some wrongs, and hopefully get college athletics to a place of peace and just really again it's for the athletes it's for it we all know sports can there can be a lot of great positive stories out of it we just had to get that on a more consistent basis
1: yeah get the fab five their banner uh back yeah in, i'm back saying things I'm like saying. that yeah um <laughs> now candace i want to turn us back a little bit to pit for just a couple minutes here yeah. to wrap up the show pit football they have the most returning fifth year seniors in all the power five conferences. They have 11. I believe the next closest is USC with nine Louisiana tech uh, is the most in all of FBS with 13, but still they're returning a ton of fifth year seniors, including Kenny Pickett, the, their quarterback who started the last four seasons. Um, they have some all ACC freshmen returning and Kalijah Cansey and uh, uh, Jordan Addison. Uh, they have a lot of hope with some of the replay, the young replacements that they have, but again they're pit and and i don't know if you're familiar with this but pit fans have the phrase pitting when everything's looking (laughs) right everything's great and they're winning and they're doing well and all of a sudden they they lose four in a row and you're like what what just happened we were up 35 to nothing against cincinnati how how did this how did they pit this um you know but is there a sense that pit could be more than just an average team in the acc like maybe they could push for a coastal division win this year and be among the, the the contenders for that or do you see Pitt as a team that's just still they're just going to be stuck in the mud until they win some major recruiting battles
0: I mean where I see Pitt as I think that they are just they are in a great spot and I think by saying great spot they're in the coastal right they're in mm-hmm. a great division to where if they want it there's an opportunity to get it so it's almost like every school, to me, in the Coastal, you just got to get out of your own way, right? If you have the leadership, if you have the veteran ability, you have veteran talent, and if Kenny Pickett can just manage, <laughs> if he can just game manage well enough, he does not have to be the best quarterback, right? Right but he can can just game manage. I think also defensively, every week you're going up against a potential NFL quarterback, right? You're going up against guys who are elite talent. So you're going to have to have that A game. But in saying that, a lot of these teams who have these elite quarterbacks, do not have a great defense, so that's one thing that Narduzzi and Pitt can pride themselves on. I think that's how you stay in games, and we all know Coastal. Anybody in the even given day, any elements, you just <laughs> never know what it's going to be. So I've seen some wild ones with Pitt and Duke, or Carolina and Pitt, and how mm-hmm. if they can just be disciplined and they can really just hone in and really you know tie down to what they want to get out of the season, if they can be in the fight. I think it's Carolina and Miami right now, but you know, everywhere else it's up for grabs. It's the Virginias and the pits and the Virginia techs that you just can't count out. I also think you know Georgia Tech and Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs are going to be great, but Pitt is in that conversation, so it's never lost on me. You never can count Pitt out, and I think that's one of the biggest, you know, advantages that they have. So they can they can ruin some seasons, right? <laughs> if you just give them a. They've done it a window. few times, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they can mess up some seasons, so I think it's just them getting out of their own way and making sure that they have great a great game manager and Kenny Pickett, but also that defense, that veteran leadership is what they're going to need and it's going to be an essential asset for them
1: it, it definitely is uh and, and you're right Pitt, that's the thing pit is, is is happy to pay play spoiler uh you know you, you, you know you think back they've had some legendary moves even back to 2007 uh, i yeah. don't know if you know about the backyard brawl we, we always just say 13 to 9 because that was the score that they beat west virginia when west virginia was undefeated about to walk to the national championship game. And then they lose to one of Pitt's worst teams during that era. And it was the most bizarre win. Like Pitt took a safety at the end just to not give West Virginia a chance to score and, you know, it was. It's one of those things that here, like I joke around with Adam Crowley and Wes Euler and guys that are in Pittsburgh radio but from West Virginia, and I'm like, I just say 13-9, and they're like, oh, why would you got to ruin my day like that? But you know, <laughs> but it's done that to Clemson when they, with their yeah. undefeated season, they did it to Miami when in their first turnover chain year they, they ended they yeah. ended that undefeated run. They do play spoiler. I, I just I get the sense that Pat Narduzzi you know, he's, he's never had a nine win season. They've never, mm-hmm. they've, they've never gotten above that eight win se- threshold. And there's hope that with such an experienced team, Maybe they are able to come on the come come out on the on the right side of a, a few more games. Like last year, they lost by one point both to uh, NC State and Boston College in back to back weeks. And then Kenny Pickett missed the next two games, and that was a fourth uh, you know a, a stretch, stretch of four games where they just lost, and it kind of derailed what they were building that year. But this is a year where maybe they, with the experience on their side, maybe not dealing with COVID there's a chance that they can make that push. So that, that's why I was asking you because yeah. Pitt fans are just tired of, of seeing those. Like, oh, man, if these four things happen, we have a great season.
0: Well, look, Pitt also was a school that had the most people in the, from the ACC go to the league. So they have the dogs, right? Yes. They have the opportunities and the stars. It's just putting all of them together. I really... As much as I have harped on 2020 being the season that nobody should have paid attention to for certain teams, right? There are certain people who they were blessed with 2020 not being too crazy for them. But there were other teams that that really did take a toll and it still could take a toll. So hopefully, you know, Narduzzi said his team is like really getting up there and trying to make sure everybody's in a good spot. But COVID and getting vaccinated is going to be a competitive advantage. So I think that personally, if, you know, Pitt wants to be successful, they're going to have to have those guys in the locker room, ensuring that they have everyone on the same page so they can be most successful.
1: Absolutely. Candace. Thank you so much for joining us here on the H2P podcast, talking Pitt and ACC and alliances and all that junk. Uh, but I, I, I always appreciate having you as a guest. You're very insightful um, and informative. Please let our listeners know where they can find you, follow you and get more of your work.
0: No doubt. Thank you, Thank you again so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to have easy conversations with my friends. You can find me at Candice D Cooper on Twitter or at Locked on ACC. We get an opportunity to talk shop with four, five guys. There we go. Five guys every single day. It's really fun. It's me just shooting the breeze, just talking about good stuff when it comes to football, the fun stuff, X's and O's a little bit, but overall just giving you a clear picture. We like to shoot it straight there. So please follow, subscribe to the podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: Absolutely, do follow Candace. She does amazing work with Locked On ACC and everything that she's working on. Thanks again, Candace. We will happily have you back on sometime during the season to get your thoughts on how things are progressing in the ACC, and maybe there's a new alliance. Uh, you know, yeah. we, 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 by that time they'll be like, we're now there's a we're at, we're adding. We're adding all the FCS schools, and we're going to take you down SEC. Um, hey, let's do it! I'm
0: ready for it. Thank you again.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, candace I'm Chris Carter here on the HCB Podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Check out our shows on dkpittsburghsports.com. We have Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Rate us five stars with a positive comment. It helps all the shows out on our network. Be back to ears very soon with more on your Pitt Panthers. Ladies and gentlemen.